Hi everybody and welcome to episode 21 of Active Souls podcast with me Joshua Strysky and me Paul Dennett. So, Paul, episode 21, can you remember that far back to when you were 21 years old? <laughs> uh, no, I can't. It was a long uh, time many ago. Many moons ago. Many, many moons, moons ago. ago. Yeah. I just I put Quite it all down flying. to experience. I'm not old. I've just experienced. That's yeah, the way it is. If you How are you? So. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thank you. All is well. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, really good. Yeah, all good. Um, we one got... thing. I'm uh, excited about today's podcast, though. Tell, tell, tell the listeners all tell everything well i think we've got another great guest on we just keep managing to pull them out the bag think we um we've got a local athlete to the bristol area uh her name is taryn and she has qualified and raced at kona amazing fantastic yeah absolutely buzzing to hear her experience and to talk about everything triathlon i reckon we'll go straight into it introduce her so this week, we're super excited to welcome Taryn Roberts to the pod. Welcome, Taryn. Thank you. Thanks for asking Hi. me to come on. Oh, no. Pleasure. Yeah, no, it's great to have you on. Thanks for uh, saying that you will. So to start off then, can you just tell us a little bit about you? So have you always been into sport and how did you get into triathlon? Um, so, yeah, I've I've always been sporty. I mean, you know, at school when you do the cross country and the athletics and netball, I was always in all of the teams and competing in whatever I could. And then um, I've also swam from a young age and I was part of um, Yate Athletics Club for, I think, a couple of years, not too long. Um, so I've always been sporty. And then um, I joined my local leisure centre at Thornbury. And I, I just loved all the classes like circuits and you name it, boot camp, spinning. And um, so, but I've only, I only started triathlon in 2016. Okay. I still actually feel like quite a newbie to it, to be honest, because I've not, I've not really done that many races, even though I've done Ironman distance, I've not actually done that many triathlons as such. So what was your first triathlon? When did you do your first one, 2016? Well, um, so the very first triathlon I signed up to was Bolton Ironman. And I didn't even own a road bike. <laughs> the first and one I, you signed up to? The first one I signed up to because, um, so I'm, I'm really close with my brother, Dylan. And we always used to do, but when we both lived at home with our parents, um, we used to do everything together, like exercise wise. And um, so we used to train together a lot. And Dylan heard about Ironman. I'd never heard of it before. And someone told Dylan about Ironman. And then next thing I knew, he signed up to it. And he was telling me about it. And I said, well, I've got to sign up to it now. Because otherwise, I'd have real FOMO and be really jealous if I didn't do it. So we both signed up to Bolton, which would, was in 2016. And but before Bolton, my very first Ironman, which I did, was um, Burnham on Sea, which was just a really short sprint. Uh, first triathlon. <laughs> that was my first triathlon, yeah, because I was really quite nervous about um, the transitions. So I just wanted to do something just to give myself a little feel for those transitions. 
And so it was okay. when you break down the Ironman, had you run a marathon before? Had you done a century no, ride my before? Very, my very first marathon was in Bolton Ironman. <laughs> <laughs> and my longest swim was um, Bolton Swim. Yeah. So, um, right. yeah, we, yeah, we took a real, um, plunge there, yeah, but we definitely. left it definitely. and the rest is history. So at that point then, when Dylan signed up to it, had he, has he got coaching at that point? Was he, was he being coached or were you doing a plan off you found off the internet or? Um, we did a plan that we found off of the Iron Man website. So it was really basic, but it just gave you sort of um durations of times what you should be doing it was a six month plan and it got us through it I mean we got to the starting line and we both completed it in Dylan did it in 12 and a half and I did it in 13 so not too bad yeah not too bad considering we only had about seven months of training and it took us about a month or two to eventually get our first road bikes um, so yeah, it was it was great. How was the actual experience of Bolton then? Because there's a, a really big hill in Bolton, isn't there? That they they line the streets, all the spectators, and it's a bit like the Tour de France as you go up it. And it, stuff. it was insane. So um, I'm actually a little bit of a nervous rider. My handling skills aren't the best. Um, they're a little bit better now. So I was actually quite nervous going up that hill. I thought I'm going to hit someone and I'm going to fall off the bike because they literally stand in so close. There's only enough room for you and your bike to get through. Oh, it's amazing. It I remember I see all the pictures of it. It looks, it looks immense. It, it was. Do you know, I, I don't actually have very good memory of Bolton, um, though. The I have a really good memory of me walk running the marathon and I was in so much pain and I remember a man a really friendly man coming up behind me and I was running terribly my shoulders were all slumped and I just lost all kind of any form and he said to me oh love you're better off walking just walk power walk (laughs) I thought oh my goodness and I had so far to go so yeah it was it was a tough day now I know you shouldn't really ask a lady her age but how old That's are you? I'm 29. I'll actually be 30 next Sunday. Right. Okay. So four so, years ago then, when you did 13 hours at Bolton, how far were you off the age group? I I, I don't actually know. I don't know. I didn't, when we first did, um, sorry, when we first did triathlon and um, Ironman, we didn't really know much about it at all. We didn't even know about Kona. So we just did it just to do it because it sounded amazing and we wanted the challenge. <laughs> So how long after Bolton did you think, oh, this this is kind of for me then? I'll give this another go. Well, um, straight after, really. <laughs> so we um, we thought we heard lots of good things about Tenby. So we signed up to Tenby, um, which we did the following year. And we loved it so much. We signed up to it again the next year. And oh. that was when I qualified. So going into that race then, when you obviously done Tenby the first time round, do you remember where you came in that race? In um, yeah, race so so at that that Tenby race, which was in um, 2017, that was when I'd actually really heard more about Kona and I came third in my age category and I went to the award oh. ceremony and I thought, oh my gosh, I've got a chance of going here because 
if the first and second lady turn it down, turn their slot down, it rolls down to me. But the first lady took it. But in a way, I was sort of a bit like, oh, because I didn't. It's all sort of quite overwhelming because that was the first time I'd really heard about it. And then after that race, I thought, gosh, I was actually really close to coming first in my age category there. And then after that, that's when I got a coach and uh, my performance improved dramatically. So that first Tembi, what what did you finish that, that first race in Tembi? Oh my what gosh, what did time? I? I can't, I think it was near about just over 12 and a half. Oh, I, and that was I 2017. Think. Yeah. I was trying, because um, I've done Tembi and I was, we were trying to work out when we were on the run earlier. I can't remember if it was 217 or 218. Oh, wow. I was well, nowhere I was... near 12 and a half. Oh, <laughs> you would have been at home um... having a pizza by the time I finished. Oh, no, that's amazing because, well, I was there 27, I was there 2017 and 2018. So we would have both been there at some point and yeah. crossed over. And Oh, crikey. It was, a, it was an amazing day. I, all, my vivid memories are seeing the jellyfish below me when I was swimming in the... Yeah. In the thing and then literally running from the swim to transition one was the best atmosphere i think i've ever experienced you just when you, you got those you steps the... yeah, yeah. Steps. Bad, and then yeah. you've got to try and find your bag on the steps and you're like where was yeah. it <laughs> yeah <laughs> where did i put it where did we put it oh yeah it was oh, really good it's it's incredible the people are just amazing everyone shouts for you like they love you and they know you it's amazing when we were on the run there was guys like offering us pizza and beer and all this stuff because the 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 town just gets busier and busier as the day goes on it does and what i find hilarious is people sort of make camp don't they so you see the same groups of people in the same spot because of course it's the laps and like, if you see sort of a young bunch of guys or something, each time you pass them, they're a little bit merrier and merrier. <laughs> <laughs> louder and louder. So how far off were you that first year in Tembi then to the age group? To, um, to get a slot? Time-wise, I, I I'm, can't remember off the top of my head, but I know I was third place. Right. I could look back on the times on all the results, yeah, but nice. um, Fair play. yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. And it was after that race and you kind of thought, hold on a minute, like, I'm pretty good here. I can probably, like, get to that first yeah, place. Yeah, because to, to be honest, I wasn't really doing loads of training. I wasn't doing loads of long rides. My main riding training was on spinning bikes, on spin bikes and at um, spin session, which is only 45 minutes and the odd sportive that we'd enter and a few long rides but I wasn't doing enough specific training and I knew I could do more so um so that's when um I happened to know a guy who actually just did a qualification and training and then he approached me and Dylan and asked if we'd be interested and we thought yeah definitely why not and then I'm still with him now so what's his name he's called Adam Nunes and his um his coaching business is called YPB which is your personal best. Ah. Yeah. So is he based locally? He's in Tetbury. So he's, he's, he's local. Yeah. We, um, when we can before COVID, we used to meet for regular group rides and runs. And um, he's also a really awesome swimmer. So he'd meet me and um, he'd give me like one-to-one swimming sessions and stuff to help with my technique. So we were, me and Josh were running this afternoon and we were chatting about what we were going to ask you and stuff. Uh, and one of the things that we didn't put on the list that, that we sent over to you that we were really uh, like um, 
curious about when you were doing Tembi then yeah. did you know where the other girls in your age group were did you have people on the on the street corners like spotting them out um, relaying the information so, back yeah so I have I have the most amazing family and friends and they're so supportive I think that year at Tembi we had about 10 people there supporting us and it was so lovely and um Dylan's girlfriend friend molly my friend she was screaming turn your first your first <laughs> and it's sort of a bit like oh my goodness but then you feel quite nervous because you think what if the second lady overtakes me and and every time someone comes by you like try and have a look at their bib and yeah. you're checking their age category and <laughs> yeah. so, that's so funny then as soon as paul asked that question there was like a super super competitive smile just come on your face and you were yeah, like because you yeah. do i feel <laughs> I feel almost now I'm getting those butterflies. Oh, I get nervous thinking so about at it. At what point did you get into first spot and how long did you have to hold on for? Um, I think I got into first spot on the on the on the bike. Oh right, I so believe. long. Yeah. So I came out of the water not first. I can't remember what position I was, but I was pretty happy with my swim though. What did I do? I actually jotted down what my swim time was. Oh, I got 107 on the swim. Okay. Um so I was quite happy with it, but I don't think I was first because you get such strong there's such strong girls out there. Yeah. And um and then I think I overtook those girls on the bike and then I stayed first. I believe. Wow. <laughs> you mentioned there, obviously, your coach. So when you when you brought the coach in and you started working with your coach, it was Adam, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So what was it? Was there one particular thing that you feel that he implemented into your training that you were sort of missing and you weren't doing before? Or was it like a combination of things? It, it definitely was a combination because before I would just go out and think oh, I'll just go for a two-hour run or I'll just go um, for a long ride. I wouldn't do any specific training. And I, and I was quite bad, really. I didn't really research exactly what I should be doing. So he definitely added good, specific um, and time-worthy training because they're not some, lots of the sessions aren't necessarily long, but they're really good, time-worthy sessions. So, um, so yeah, he definitely made it more specific for me. And what was also great is he, he worked it around my lifestyle because of course I still work full time and I've, I've got my dog and I've got a life outside triathlon. So it's really nice. He'll fit it around you, what days you can do it. And yeah, it definitely yeah, improved. Yeah. yeah. So when you were sat there in Tembi at the uh, award ceremony and uh, the name, your name was uh, shouted out as uh, qualifying, what was going through your head at that point? Um, I was quite nervous. I was actually thinking, I know I should probably jump up and shout like, yeah, which they want <laughs> you to do. But I think I just quite quietly stood up and just sort of put my arm up and my family were louder than I was. <laughs> How long do they give you to make the decision whether you want to go to Kona or not? There and then. There and then, is it? There and then. If you don't want to take mm. it, next person. They're wow. not moving around. And you have to pay Jeez. a deposit there and then as well. Do you? you go up with your credit card. Oh, Bye. it's all about the money with Bye. Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. So really? we were, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing we were talking about yesterday, me and Josh as well, when we were talking about this interview. You have to pay for your Kona slot, don't you? Oh, it's not as though it's like oh, a freebie, gosh. go and enjoy the, the experience. No. And it's um it's double the amount of the English um of the normal Ironman costs. 
I know not to put anybody off but I mean yeah I is it's worth it <laughs> so what's that then that's got to be what like 800 odd um pounds? about 900 pounds 900 pounds yeah just, to enter. Wow. just for the race and do you know thinking back now I think I actually had to pay all of that up front on the day so wow. what, yeah. So, like, congratulations. Yeah. Like, you've come first. Here's your trophy. You know? <laughs> yeah. But you do get a really cool token. And I got a pink <laughs> flower garland and I got a bottle of Kona beer, which I've still oh, got nice. in my room. Oh, so, at that point, um, decision made off to Kona. What was the prep with Adam at that point then? I, what was the, the thinking going forward? Um, I was heat heat which I still wasn't prepared enough for but um just intense training it definitely stepped up because yeah. did you go because um Wales is September so did you go like the following month to Kona the, no the following year following year because the last qualifying race for Kona is actually Bolton in July right, okay yeah and then Kona um Sorry, Tembi, I think, is one of the first qualifying races for the following right. year. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I did, I I had a long time. So, um, yeah, I had a long time to prepare to sort of let my body relax and have a bit of a rest and then start back up again. So did, it, did the training change in any way or it was literally just had a, did um, you stick a few heaters in the uh, conservatory to uh, I experience did. humidity and stuff? <laughs> I, I did. I, I mean, I, I turned the heating on and I sometimes put extra layers on. I didn't open any windows. And um, at our leisure centre, I was using the spin room and I try and turn the heating up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but it's still, it wasn't enough to prepare for that Kona heat. Oh. Kona heat was crazy. It was, it was really quite unbearable. So did you go out early to acclimatize? Cause I know like a lot of the pros go out for like a three, four weeks before just to acclimatize and get coffee I, from Java Java and all this sort of I stuff. I know. And I know they're so fortunate. Like they, they fortunately can go to hot climates throughout the year, can't they? And no, I arrived in Kona with my mum, dad and boyfriend um, five days before the race. Yeah. Mm. Which, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was enough. <laughs> so at that point then, it was literally just trying to get used to the heat and all that sort of stuff when you got out there? Um, yeah, it was. So I went for a few, um, I went for a few rides on the actual course, which is, um, which is just a plain um, long road. It's just a really Queen long K, road yeah. up and back. And then I went for a few gentle runs. I had a couple of sim- swims in the sea, which was lovely. See any turtles? I did. Oh. <laughs> I saw one injured one though, which made me sad. But um, I I did see some turtles. We saw dolphins. Oh wow! Um, saw an octopus. Saw <laughs> loads of gorgeous fish. It's actually quite freaky though. Seeing um, I did swim over a turtle, and it it really takes you back because you're not used to seeing big things like that in the water. Yeah. So yeah. when you got over there, did you um? liaise with any other English or Brits out there and get a feel for I, the land, lay of the land and stuff? Um, do you know, I didn't, I, um, I didn't want to. Um, so we actually stayed about eight miles out of Kona um, town where the race starts. And I'm, I'm really glad we did because it made me f- a bit irritable and nervous and, seeing all the other athletes and I just I wanted to relax and I didn't feel relaxed at all 
I, I bet you, it can be quite daunting because it, it's like the fittest place on earth for the weekend, it, isn't it? I, I felt really overweight in Kona. I honestly <laughs> felt like a fat so. I'm not going. <laughs> I and, and you, I mean, these people are in incredible shape and super duper fit and rightly so showing themselves off. They like but, yeah. to, is it the uh, underpants run or something that, that well, we came before and um, stuff? I think that happened. Yeah, I didn't see it though. Because, yeah, they do do all the walks and stuff where you can hold like the flag of your country and the meet and greets but we went to one talk beforehand and it was quite um it was like a bit spiritual and everything and then they were also advertising new races that were coming out but no we didn't really get too involved with it to be honest I I would have rather I rather stayed at Alcondo and just chill with my family and prepare myself in my own way because it was nerve-wracking. Did, did you have a goal when you reached Kona then? Was there a particular like time you were aiming for? Was there anything that you wanted to do, especially there? Or was it just a kind of the iconic moment of you racing it, like the championships? Well, I, I've got to be honest. I always, I, I do set myself very high goals. And that time it was probably, um, I was reaching a bit too high, maybe. I was thinking it would be absolutely incredible to get a podium. I thought I'd I'd be absolutely chuffed, but the day didn't go my way. I um I I really suffered with my feet on the bike course. I got hot foot. I don't know the technical term for it, but it's um a fairly common thing. And my feet swelled up about halfway through the ride when I was getting to the halfway point, and it was so excruciating that I could hardly even push down on the pedals. And I knew what power I had to maintain and try and put out. And I couldn't, and it's that power was comfortable for me. And I, I couldn't even get anywhere near that power on the day because my feet were in so much pain. It was, and it, um, it was terrible. It really was. And my feet were getting worse and worse. And all these cyclists were just coming past me. And it was a sad, lonely, horrible feeling. <laughs> Because it's not like the races that we've been to, sort of, that you experience in, like, 10B and Bolton, where you see spectators and marshals all the way through. It's actually really different. You don't really see anybody for most of that bike. Yeah, the lava fields are supposed to be quite a daunting place when you're it, feeling it. It is. It's, it's lonely. You just see this road for miles and miles, and it's so hot. You see that sort of heat mirage in front, and... You don't see anybody. It's it, it, it is lonely. It's real. You got to try and stay strong up there. At one point, I actually thought I was having a bit of a panic attack on the bike because I think it was. I just felt so overwhelmed because I started to get so worried about my feet. I knew I would never give up and I would never DNF. I would crawl if I had to. But I I started to think about all the people back home who have supported me so much and been so behind me. I thought, I don't, I didn't want to disappoint anyone. And I thought I got to get through this. And then that's when I really started to panic. And then I remember I was coming in back to the um, center and I saw my mum and I had to get off the bike quickly and give her a hug. And I just broke down in tears. <laughs> and um, oh, it makes me feel emotional thinking about it. And then, um, and then that, I thought I was so close to the finish and it took plumbing ages to get back to transition. I couldn't wait to get oh. off that bike. <laughs> right, let's go back to the beginning of the day then. Uh, right. what, uh, up early, what's your race breakfast? What's the prep in the morning? 
um, what was my, what did I have for breakfast? I think I had porridge. I think I had porridge and um, like some peanut butter because I love peanut butter. And um, I think that was my breakfast. Um, I can't remember what time we were up. But then, um, the age group women, did they they start in the water? So you got the iconic yeah, cannon and stuff. That was nerve wracking. That start in the water because you're floating for a good sort of 15 minutes before you swim. So you're actually stood around for quite a while before you actually enter the water because they put you in gender and age category. So you're stood amongst all your fellow competitors. So I stood before the other ladies in my age category. By the way, everyone's seems so calm and I couldn't believe it not everyone but of course you can't believe how like they got their poker faces on yeah and I just thought there's no one else like um and then you get in the water and we had to swim a good maybe I don't know 100 to 200 meters out and then there was only one guy on his um surfboard and he was there waiting um for us and just telling us wait here girls and then they tell you to all get in together but then you haven't got enough space to tread and it's quite scary and you hear a few of the girls screaming because they haven't got room to tread water because it's and then lots of the girls try and hold on to the surfboard so I got out of there I just got out of the craziness and went to the edge and then it starts and your nerves just sort of you just go then and you just focus so how was the swim? You happy with the swim? I was super happy with my swim, actually. I did a 109 oh, wow. and that's without a wetsuit. I did have a skin on. I bought one of those ridiculously expensive skins that I only used once. <laughs> I will use again. But um, yeah, 109, I was quite chuffed with that because the swim was fairly choppy as well. Um, so yeah, that, that was quite good. Straight that, into... that was actually my best part of the day. All right, okay. <laughs> and then straight into T1 on the bike. And then I into yeah. the lava fields. Well, um, what was amazing about Kona though, which is actually different to the races, is the marshals help you. You you get treated like a real VIP, even if you're not a pro, they help you. They'll help um take your shoes off, they'll put your shoes on for you, they put loads of Santan lotion all over you, all over you. So you come out covered in white. Um, and then yeah, out on the bike course. So for the geeks listening to the uh, the pod, what sort of power do you push out on your bike? So um, the power that I was that I was putting out in Kona, it sounds really low. It should have been a little bit higher, but I took the heat into consideration because it was so extremely heat hot. So I was trying to hold about. 145 to 150 for the duration of the ride because I thought I don't want to overdo it in this heat and I don't want to like fail on the run so that's what I was aiming to hold but then when I got to about halfway even that was proving to be a struggle because of my feet Mm. which was so so frustrating and do you always train to power or do you train to heart rate or is that something you discuss with your coach so I, I got my first power. I actually qualified for Kona without a power meter. I only got a power meter after I qualified. So I always only used to train to heart rate and to feel. But since I had the power meter, I always trained power meter now. It's just, it's a lot more accurate, isn't it? And more interesting. You know where you are because like, you know how it is. Sometimes 
you'll be feeling really good, but you'll be putting too much out. So you just got to calm it. Or sometimes you may be not putting out enough. So you think, nope, got to push a little bit harder. So yeah, always to power now on the bike. Unless I go out for a nice, a nice ride, a nice easy ride, then I just enjoy the views. <laughs> yeah, fair. That's a fair one. And what about on the run? Is that is that heart rate or have you got yeah, a heart, heart rate? heart rate but I've got to admit um and my coach Adam always tells me off I I always go over I guess I do I think I have a naturally quite high heart rate and my heart rate will be telling me I'm like in zone three and I feel like no I shouldn't be in zone three um <laughs> sometimes I just ignore it and just keep going to how I feel so on the bike then once you got off uh, to t2 on the bike how are your feet putting them in your running trainers and all that sort of stuff um absolutely dreadful my feet felt horrendous the the lady the really they they were all so friendly and lovely um one of the marshals she helped me put take my cycling shoes off and put my trainers on my feet were so painful I really struggled to get my shoes on mm-hmm. and then um I hobbled I hobbled for the first mile I didn't even run I was in so much pain and then I kept passing um, sort of marshals asking, is there a first aid tent anywhere? Is there a first? There's no first aid tents anywhere. So I eventually got to this first aid tent and they had some ice and I iced my feet in a bucket for about 20 minutes. And then and then I thought, I can't, I'm not going to stop. I have to keep going. And I was thinking, oh, how long would it take me if I walked? And then I thought I'd just be able to make it. But then once I started walking and then I tried jogging, I thought the pain's just the same, so I'm going to run. And then and then eventually you just sort of get that momentum back again, your spirit lifts and you start to enjoy it again. So um, it did pick up. I did end on a high. <laughs> did you, um, Did you? because I've seen on Kona the last few years, they've been using like um, ice vests and all this sort of stuff to keep them cool. Did you have anything like that to, to help with the heat? No, I, I didn't. I, my brain wasn't thinking logically. When I think back now, I can't believe I didn't even think to loosen up my shoes. I didn't even think to loosen them up. So I have those, um, what are they, like the ratchet style uh, shoes. Yeah. Like and the quick ones, yeah. Yeah, I could have so easily just loosened them up slightly, even took and taken my feet out for a little bit while I was pedaling just to let them breathe. I My brain just wasn't functioning yeah. properly. I was sort of, I was thinking really strangely. So, um, so yeah, no, I didn't, I, I wasn't very prepared. No, I didn't have the ice vest or anything. Yeah. And some people shove ice down their tops, down their shorts. Yeah. <laughs> they even yeah. like got headbands and stuff that they put them on and all that sort of stuff and scarves on the back of their necks and all that sort of stuff. Yeah that I, I didn't do anything like that but I would definitely try all those little tricks because I'm sure they've just they've got to help so much so um how many iconic celebrity Iron Man ran past you or did you see any of the big um, stars I got really excited when I saw Lucy Charles and I shouted out to her Lucy <laughs> no Lucy um <laughs> But yeah, she was she was an animal. She was in the zone. She she actually passed me when I was blooming asking the marshal where the medic tent was, and she came charging by towards the finish line. Oh, yeah, she was incredible. But yeah, we we did see some big names and faces, but I di- I don't know all the names and the faces as well. But my boyfriend was spotting people like, oh, this is so and so, and this is so and so. 
Yeah. I remember we went for breakfast the next morning and the guy who won Ironman was sat next to the um, the guy, I forget his name now. Joe was it? Jan Fadina. Or was it yes. Langer? He, he was sat next to us having breakfast. Oh, and wow. We look. Oh, geez. yeah. So, so you would have done Kona 2019? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that would have been Yan, I think. I think Lucy... Is that when Lucy Charles comes second? Yeah, second. Yeah. yeah, she came second, yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. So, so what's your motivation now then, Taryn? Because I know you said um, you've got a couple of races coming up this year as well, haven't you? Ironman distance and stuff. What's your motivation to keep I... doing that distance, like considering like you've basically done the most iconic race that there is in Kona? Oh, well, I, I, just, I just love the lifestyle of triathlon. Um. It makes me happy and it sort of keeps me on the straight and narrow and I love being busy. So I, I, and I love being outdoors and um, I just love it. I love feeling fit. I love being active and I, I love the, I absolutely love the day. So I love training hard and performing really well on the day and just feeling great. Yeah. I, I love the buzz of it. I what really races do. have you got booked in this year? So this year I have Bolton, which was supposed to be last year. And they've changed the route slightly, I think, up there in Bolton this time. They have, yeah, the bike course, because um, I think lots of people weren't very happy with the bike course. Um, in what year would it have been? I'm getting so confused with the years. Yeah, now, but 19, the last time 19 yeah. So um, I believe they've changed the bike course slightly, yeah. And then in September I've got Tembi again. Wow. Back at Tendi, slay the dragon. So is, is that the yeah. plan? Would you, If you qualified again, would you go again to Kona? That's a really hard question. Um, if if my brother qualified and I qualified, I would definitely go back because I'd love to go and be there with him and experience it with him. Because Dylan couldn't unfortunately come to, to Hawaii, which was really sad. He just had a, a baby and it just it didn't work out that he could come. So if he could, if he qualified and I qualified 100%, but if just I qualified, um, I don't, I'm not sure. I do want to go to Kona again because I have got unfinished business. I really do. I want to go and perform much better because I know I, I know I can, I know I've got a lot more in me than how I did. Um, so I will be back. I will go back to Kona. Yeah. I just, but knowing me, if I did manage to qualify, I don't know how I'd say no. <laughs> the credit card how, would be at the ready. <laughs> I know. I don't know how happy my boyfriend would be, though, because we're we're trying to um, look for a house together at the moment. So it's not very <laughs> House good. deposit goes on flights. Yeah. Oh, bless. And is, um, is Dylan looking to qualify this year? It's like He's got a few races lined up and stuff, hasn't he? He'd absolutely love to. He always aims high. Is he the same age group as you? Um, he is now. He, I will be the same because Dylan's 32. So we wow. will be in the same age group. Uh, okay. yeah, I'll be 30 to 34 when, when it comes to Bolton. So has he been analysing all the finishing times, previous times, seeing where uh, he's got to be and all this sort of stuff? He, he does. And, I, and I've got to be honest, and he knows it. He's a bit of a way off at the moment because he just... He's he's so busy. He probably he has to be one of the busiest people I know. He works really long hours because he's got his own business and he's got um, a little 
daughter who's nearly two and he's just got himself a puppy so he he's really super busy because he's trying to build his business as well so um he doesn't he trains as much as he can but he doesn't have enough time to put in the amount of training that will get him up there but if he did he 100% could because he's he's really good so talking training wise you got you you work full-time as well how many hours a week do you think you were training going in into Kona how many what Um, sort of I wasn't actually training ridiculous amounts I was about 15 hours a week which isn't it's not bonkers it's not massive no, about 15 hours a week, but I was training smartly. I was training smart. So I was using my time wisely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fair play. Uh, how, how long, sorry, I was going to say, how long are those training blocks on the build? For the, obviously race day and stuff for you. Um, do, do you mean like how long would the, would like the long ride be or long run? Well, like the overall sort of like, so so what would you do? Three months? Would you start to, to train like a three month block of training? Um, well, for instance, I started training in January for Bolton. So at least I at least give myself about six months to build up. Yeah, that's right. Because Bolton's normally the same time as Outlaw, and it? it's like the weekend before Outlaw or either side of Outlaw. So that's about, yeah, about 30 weeks or something like that sort of training plan on it. So do you periodize it where you do base, build, peak? Yes. Yeah, that's it. So at the moment, um, I've sort of gone past the base training and now it's got um, sort of harder I'm ha- I'm, and I'm building back speed in my running. I'm doing more speed efforts. I'm doing harder turbo sessions, um, like more of like the over and unders and really working on that threshold. So yeah. have you got any smaller races booked in as well, just to to peak the race? I, I haven't, no. But I, the, the reason why I haven't booked anything yet is because it's been quite an unpredictable yeah. year, hasn't it? So, But I'd love to because those smaller races are so much fun. They really are. So I'd love to hopefully try and get in a few uh, smaller races. I was hoping of doing um, a half Ironman distance race this year as well, but I haven't signed up to anything yet. I've got to see see what's out there yeah. and get, get signing up and then after race day then Taryn how do you kind of deal with the because obviously you get that massive high on race day don't you you're like buzzing and it's the pinnacle of like a six month training block things like that how do you deal with the low like after after race day do you do you carry on training like a similar amount but just like less intensity in those sessions or um, does it work or do you just um, sit down and have a pizza? <laughs> uh, do you know, I've I've never eaten pizza afterwards. I couldn't stomach it. What? I literally, I couldn't <laughs> stomach it. I, I don't know what it is. My body, straight after an Ironman, I just sit and I crumble. I My body, I'm obviously on such a high. I'm so happy mentally, but my body is like, oh, like really, really sore. Um. And that evening's just painful. You spend, I well, I personally spend the whole night in the loo. Not, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really bad. But um, but the next day you feel incredible and you're on a high, knowing what you did the previous day. But um, so after um my first three Ironmans, I didn't really get a low as such. I was really excited to come back home and see all my friends and my running buddies and tell them all about it because they were so excited to hear about it. I only really experienced a bit of um, 
like a low as such after Kona because it was really it was such a build um I I felt quite strange after Kona I really did it was odd just a bit of like a lost puppy feeling you spent a year doing all this training and then for that to be that and not have the result you wanted um so yeah that's when I signed up to Bolton quite swift swiftly after and thought back to it (laughs) Now, if you were to qualify again this year, some would say for your age group, then there's a, a good talent there. Would the thought be of ever trying to push on a little bit more for pro license or are you quite happy just ticking over in the age group and enjoying the experience? Um, it, I have I have thought about it because my brother and my dad always say to me, I really could. And I believe I could, if I really put the time in, I don't see why I, why I couldn't. If you really put your mind to it, you put the hours and the hard work in. I do think I could, but it, it's having that time and it's dropping everything else. Mm. And the financial commitment and all that sort of stuff it's as well. A, it's a massive commitment. Yeah. And especially now I'm working for my brother and it's just the two of us and his business is getting really busy now. I'd, um, I'd, I'd feel quite bad sort of leaving him for dust. Yeah. But who knows, maybe one day, the really lovely thing about Ironman is you like this age group that I'm going to be coming into, they're, they're getting even better, even quicker. And then the next age group again, they're getting even quicker. So I know time is on my side, which is really nice. Yeah, we, me and Josh were saying to each other earlier that like for the, the guys, the peak years really are like 40 to 45. That's the most competitive age group really at Kona yeah it's 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 amazing isn't it it really is they're rapid I know and then when you see the times that the sort of 30 to 34s and then above are getting it's really quite a jump yeah so I've I've got my work cut out for me this year <laughs> did you um, look for any sponsors when you were trying to go first time round? Um, do you know so when um I was training for Kona it's of course really expensive and you've got more to buy and you've got the air flight you've got the air tickets and you've got the accommodation it did all cost a lot so I have um a couple of really lovely friends Colin and Jackie in Thornbury who actually organized a local fundraising Kona for me and they're so sweet and we had it in um, a cafe in Thornbury and lots of my friends and family and people who I know from running club and from the leisure centre came and we had like a fun afternoon of tea and scones and raffle tickets and prizes and I raised um I managed to raise with the help of my friends loads of money to help cover the costs so and then in there I did have a couple of big sponsors who did give me a lot of money towards that's good Lights, yeah. So everyone was amazing. It helped so much. It really takes that pressure off because you've got enough pressure when you think about all your training and then to worry about money on top of it. So it it really helped. Yeah, that's amazing. And nutrition wise, are are you good? Do you have a plan? Am I good? <laughs> um, I'm. I've got a really big appetite. I probably eat more than I should. And um, I'm not an angel, but I'm not terrible, but I'm definitely not a robot. If I really feel like something, I'll have something, but I'm not bad. I mean, I I definitely get my veggies in. I eat lots of meat, lots of eggs, 
whole meal I always stick to whole meal everything and but no I'm definitely not a robot I'll have a cheeky pizza yeah. or a lovely glass of wine yeah <laughs> what, what do you have smiling. yeah pizza and wine yeah <laughs> what what do you have race day what do you do you use tailwind in your bottles do you carb drinks or um so I I've actually got quite a sensitive stomach so um I tend to you know get a bit of a runny tummy so I find that jowls can be so sickly sweet but I came across those high five jowls they're quite watered down and they agree with me fine I've never had a problem with them so I use the high five jowls um I use a mixture of the caffeine and the non-caffeine ones and I just squeeze about I don't know seven or eight jowls into a bottle maybe more and then that's what I sip on throughout as well as my water and um um, food wise, I find I get on quite well with those Trek bars, the peanut power Trek mm. bars. I like those and I like the blocks. Um, also in Kona, I was using the salt chews. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've come across those. They're salt chews um, just to try and replenish those salts. Because I actually used those a few times in England when we had some really hot days with some running races I did. And they worked really well for me. So I also used those out in Kona. What that was one thing with Tembi. I loved the race, but I was really disappointed with the um the the tables of food that they supplied on the the marathon and stuff. Oh. It was there was loads of dry stuff going on. It was just like, oh, give me some chocolate or give me something. Oh, I remember seeing like Doritos and stuff. Yeah. It was just and like, you can't your mouth so dry. No, you can't no hope. That. And then yeah. you spit it out. Yeah, no hope, not good. Um, well, on the run, I didn't really eat much. I've got to be honest. I every every single water station, I sipped water, sipped coke, and off I went again. Yeah, I, I didn't actually eat anything really on the run. To be honest, I just had water and coke. But at every station, every station. Yeah. Now, your first marathon and stuff then was at Bolton. Have you done a? a standalone marathon or any big half marathons outside of triathlon? Oh, I've done, I've done a few half marathons. I've done um, Bath a couple of times and Bristol. I actually did Bath in 2019. That's where I got my PB. I did a 130. So I was chuffed with that. Um, but yeah, I've, I've not, I've done about four half marathon races, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've not done a standalone marathon. I signed up to Manchester marathon last year and it got cancelled and it's been moved to this October, which I'm doing. And I keep forgetting about. <laughs> Bath's actually a good, a good half marathon. I'm, I actually, I, I done Bath in 2019. Actually. Yeah. I remember. I, yeah. I cycled up. I remember I cycled up on the cycle path, used it as a bit of a training session and then ran the half marathon. Yeah. As if the half marathon's not enough, you think. <laughs> we did Cardiff half marathon. We were waiting in a car park, getting changed to do the Cardiff half marathon. And he turned up on his bike then, shoved the bike in the back of the car, walked with <laughs> us to the start and then kicked our ass in the half marathon. I suppose yeah. it's a great warm up and you don't have oh, the a cracking brick session. <laughs> yeah. I, I always find I've run so much better when I get off the bike. You know, some people dread it, don't they? You do get that little moment where your legs just go, what are you doing to me? But yeah. I, I find it just warms up everything so well. And we, yeah. I must have just missed you on the finish because I think in 2019, I think I ran, I hadn't, I hadn't trained for it, 
and I took someone's, I'm pretty sure I took someone's and um, it was quite a last minute thing. And I thought, oh, I'll just cycle up and run it. And I think I ran like a 129 or 128 or something. Oh, that's brilliant. With not training either. That's great. Yeah, because, yeah. Because you, were you there, Paul? Some, a couple of people. Uh, we were watch. just hanging around outside the Costa on the lower Yeah, the lower that was it. Yeah. Road, <laughs> drinking lots of lattes. <laughs> it was so busy. I remember we, me and my brother, because yeah. Dylan waited for me at the finish line and we, you of course don't have your phone on you and I think we walked around for a couple of hours until we found our family there was that one bit which went through like the town wasn't there it went really narrow and you kind of went round to the right and then round to the left and stuff it was yeah it's a bit congested I would say yeah you've got to do a lot of dodging and a lot of curb dodging you've really got to watch where <laughs> yeah, you're running it gets quite narrow at the start doesn't it it is because when you actually look at the distance you've ran you usually run over the distance because because yeah. of all the weaving that you're doing it is quite narrow right couple of questions we always ask our guests um we're going to ask you two so we want uh, a go-to run session that you like to do and a go-to bike session what would be your uh, go-to session bang for buck that you think oh yeah i love that we'll give that a real good crack <laughs> oh wow i straight away know what my bike session would be and that would be to go to castle coon <laughs> it's right around the track around the track it's so much fun it really is because if you have um a set that you're trying to work to you can do that fine or if you want a little bit of fun and you want to be a bit competitive you can go there as well as i love coom i can't wait to go back i think um, it's opening in a couple of weeks isn't it i had i think i had an email from the guy saying it's going to be open in a couple of weeks yeah i i remember also seeing an email i need to get on there and um, sign up because I'd also love to try some of the time trials they do there. I've I've not done one. Have Have you guys done any? No, I haven't done one. No, I think I've done a I've done a duathlon out there like ages and ages ago, and not the actual just time trial there on the bike. No. Do you, do, do you practice your um, TT position up there and stuff when you go on a track? I, I did. So that's why I actually first went to Coombe because I got my first um, TT bike um, when I... When did I get my first TT bike? I got my first TT bike for in about in 2018, I think. And I was really quite nervous in that aero position. So I went to Coombe to practice. And it and it was it's a great way to practice because of course you don't have cars you don't have potholes so yeah it's it's great for that just to build your confidence a little bit yeah and, and a go to run session what would be a um, what run session when you see it on paper scares you a little bit but then you enjoy doing it um, at the moment because I'm not feeling very fast I I still feel a little bit sluggish. I still, I dread seeing those effort sessions like the one I did today. Um, but when you're doing it, you do love it. You put in some nice uplifting music that gets you a bit pumped and then you do get a buzz when you do it. So what's, what was today's? A bit of a recover, um, slow start and then a few yeah, intervals? Yeah, so I, ha I, had a, I had a good good 20 minute warm up and then I had four by seven minutes trying to hold a little bit faster than my 5K pace. But I wasn't anywhere near my 5K pace today, but I was I was just holding it as best as I could. So what was the recovery in between each interval? So I had one minute walk recovery, two minutes easy jog. Yeah, and then I had a good sort of um, 15 minute cool down at the end. It was fun though. I drove out to Oldbury Power Station and I went 
I ran along the roads there because um, it's nice and flat because I was in, I was Thornbury way earlier in Dursley. There are no flat roads. No. <laughs> so I always try and do my efforts when I'm Thornbury way. Yeah. yeah nice. And, and you knew you touched on there, like you said, at this moment in time, you're not anywhere near your 5k pace for, for this, at this time in your training plan, do you just, do you just accept that? Do you just kind of go, right, that's fine. Like on to the next session. I know I, for some people who are fairly new in the sport, I, I know you are, you say you are to a degree, but obviously you've got a vast amount of Ironman experience. You just kind of just roll with that and just say, I know that I can get to where I need to get to. And do you just carry on building or how do you yeah, mentally? Yeah, that's it. I know it, it's a little bit when you know that you are capable and you have done certain times before, but you're not quite there at the moment you've just got to be patient you will get there it won't just happen like that but you will you will get there and you just got to try and stay positive keep keep training well and recover well and don't be hard on yourself and it, and it will come I think a few athletes out there try and do too many things so they'll be focusing on like a, a long distance like an Ironman or a, a marathon they their 5k pace drops and then they try and compensate a little bit and run their 5k a little bit quicker and come off their marathon plan a little bit and it's all a bit up in yeah the air. no you you really you really can't do that you can't train for an endurance event and expect to be getting pbs at anything under a sort of half marathon you, re you really can't i mean I mean, you may if you're getting fitter and fitter, much fitter than you used to be before you started training. But no, you can only specifically really train for one distance. Yeah, because I found that quite difficult because um, when I was training for Kona that same year, I actually signed up to Weymouth Half Ironman. And it was quite frustrating because I knew I could do much better on the day at Weymouth but I wasn't training for that the training is just so different I wasn't fast enough even though I still did fairly well at Weymouth I, but I just wasn't fast enough it's the speed difference is insane they seem to have some really bad weather when the, the Weymouth half comes around what was the weather like when you were down there it was terrible the swim got cut by half they nearly called it off the swim got cut by half and then I think this got the the like it did open. Sun did come out eventually, but it wasn't the best weather day. No, it's not. It's not you. It's not usually in England. You've no, got to expect rain. Yeah, yeah, mm. Definitely, I bet it was a stark contrast coming back to England and swimming, wasn't it? After swimming out in Kona and Hawaii. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it really was. It really, really to go back to a pool. Or go back to um back to the quarry. Clevedon yeah. Lake, <laughs> a little bit yeah. different in water quality. I know, yeah, it, it was beautiful in that sea. You don't soak it in though on the day. Um, you don't really notice what's around you when you're swimming. I, I suppose if you went back next time, that would be something you could, you would you definitely do when it is like just take everything in, enjoy the yeah. moment a bit more. Yeah, I've got I've I learned a lot from Kona. I really did. And um, I'd like to think I'd be a lot more mentally prepared and physically prepared for next time. But it was an incredible experience. It really, really was. It was quite an emotional experience um, because well, and because when we were out there, unfortunately, my mum broke her leg as well. Um, well out in Kona? Out in Kona. So a couple of days after the race, 
um, we wanted to do a trek to Captain Cook Monument because we'd read about it and I heard about it actually on a triathlon podcast and someone who raced Kona, he said, if I could tell you to do one thing, go to Captain Cook Monument. So we did and we were a mile away from the monument and my mum had a freakish fall and she broke her tibia and fibula and she had an open fracture and we were sort of, we were on a cliff edge in the middle of nowhere and um, we had to wait um, about an hour or so for firemen and ambulance crew to come down with, down with the stretcher and fetch her. And then, yeah, and then they walked a couple of miles up from where we'd come from until they could get back to their ambulance jeep. And then they took my mum to hospital. So she spent a couple of days in a Hawaiian hospital. So we had a, a, we really... Proper experience. Yeah. And um, yeah, the hospital staff were so lovely though. They're so chilled out. They are, they're so chilled and yeah, it was, yeah. It, you, we laugh back we laugh about it now though when we talk about it um because yeah. the the experience like with with us with triathlon and stuff it is an individual sport but there is a normally a, a good team behind us whether it's family and coaches and that, all that sort of stuff is there anybody you want to give a shout out to on the on the podcast any of the guys that sponsored you or do you want to give adam a bit of a plug for his coaching business and stuff well, yeah of course thank you well yeah of course my coach adam is amazing and um I don't really know what I do without him because he really helps with that side of my life. Um, yeah, Adam News, he's awesome at YPB. Has he got a website and stuff? He does, yeah, YPB. Yeah, that's it, your personal I'll, um, I'll try and put a, a link on the show notes. Oh, Thanks, thank yeah. you. And then um, as well, actually, two of my friends, Georgia and, and James at Harmony Consulting Group, they are actually sponsoring me and Dylan this year. They've sorted this out with some really lovely kit, like really lush running trainers, nice tri suits that we're going to use this year. And we've got their logos on our suits. So yeah, big shout out to them as well. Yeah. That's amazing. And and obviously you're not a full-time athlete. You have a job as well. You said you work for Pillum. You've got his own business. So what what is that business as well? Um, So he's actually got a couple of businesses. But the business I help him with is he does graphics for um, motorbikes, cars, lots of like race numbers or business names. And um, yeah, he's got so busy with that, especially from lockdown. Um, So yeah, he's my help for him has become really, really useful. So now I'm working for him full time. And then um, he's also got a business called um, Dr. Color, and he sprays and designs crash helmets. Oh, wow. Crash okay. helmets. Yeah. Amazing. And am so, I right in thinking that your parents, they have a business as well? Yeah, they do. They've, um, they've got a butcher shop in Clifton, in Bristol. They've, they've had that for a good sort of 25 years now. Wow. It's, um, it's a really lovely butcher shop. And my family's South African, so they sell... Um, gorgeous biltong that they make themselves and boravos dry vorse, lots of yummy south african products and other bits and bobs that's why you love eating meat then i guess <laughs> i'm really lucky i get such lovely meat that my mum and dad bring home for us all all the time oh, so yeah, we get, that's, that's, we get that's making me hungry just thinking about it and what what's the the business name that's clifton village butchers clifton village butchers yeah. amazing yeah Right. Any more questions, Josh? Got anything else you'd like to know? 
I, I think, no, I think it's been a fantastic interview. Obviously, thanks nice. very much again for your uh, your time, Taryn. It's been amazing to hear your story. Oh, thank you. Thanks for asking me to come on. That was really nice. Big compliment. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Um, are you on social media? Is there anywhere that you, because I know the athlete thing now is to try and get a big social media following to get sponsors and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a massive social media person. I'm actually only on Facebook. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I know people say to me all the time, "You need to get on this. You need to get on that," and I nearly do. And I'm like, "Oh, I understand. It's great, especially as an athlete, and if you do want to get sponsors." But I just don't like being sucked into it and it taking up too yeah. much. But no, I'll, I'll have I'll to wait for uh, Trek to come to you and say, "We'll give you a TT, but you need an Instagram account." <laughs> Oh, well, fortunately, I bought a gorgeous bike last year that I can't wait to use. I bought um, a Quintana Roo. Oh, very nice. With, um, yeah. yeah, with DI2 gearing. So, um, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to use it this year. Oh, oh amazing. Yeah. Well, what we'll have to do for that, social yeah. media. No, I get, I get that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what we'll have to do, once uh, Bolton's out of the way, we'll have to get you back on to see how you get in uh, and, and Tembi and stuff. We'll get you on at the end of the year and see how your oh. racing year's gone. That would be brilliant. I'd love that. Yeah, thank you. That would be great. Yeah, it's definitely. nice to talk about it because you don't actually really tend to talk about it too much. I haven't spoke about um, Kona in in a really long time. So, yeah, it's been nice. Oh, good. Mm. Well, I say hopefully uh, this year we'll get you get some good results again and you might have to make just don't take the credit card to the uh, <laughs> ceremony at the end. <laughs> You'd be asking oh, Dylan for a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks again, Taryn. It's been amazing. And uh, yeah, all the best for the year. And uh, hopefully, obviously, we'll bump into each other at some point, you and Dylan, get yeah. a training session or something. Yeah, that would be so nice. Are you with I, a running club in, in Thornbury? I am. I am. Um, I run at Thornbury Running Club. They're such a lovely group of people. And, and amazingly, loads of triathletes there. So as soon as you hear about something or you get into something, this whole new world opens up and you meet all these people who are, who are into triathlon and Ironman and it's a whole nother world. So yeah, Thornbury Running Club I'm a part of, Wicked. which is reopening again soon. So I, I'm excited to see everyone. We'll look out for the uh, the run vests and stuff next time we're out on the uh, local races and stuff. Yes, look out for the, we're light blue and red. We, we've got white with green writing, active soul we're on. So uh, you'll have to have oh, a look. Oh Keep nice. an eye out for us. Yeah, it'd be so nice now. to I know, I'll know to look out for you both. Yeah, wicked. Right. Thank you very much indeed. Love oh, cracking no. interview. Loved it. Thank you very much. Thank you. And um, best of luck for your ultra. That's oh, thank amazing. you. Are, are you on Strava? I'll have to find you. Yeah, I'm on Strava. And if you're on Facebook, if you look out uh, for Active Soul UK, um, we'll be doing, Josh will be doing updates through the night. As I'm getting worse mentally, I'll be probably uh, with a camera in my face. So uh, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be updating from the back of the van on a nice airbed, saying <laughs> like two, two in the morning, the wind. As long as you've got your coffee ready for me, Josh. That's all that matters. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, well, don't we? Enjoy it, and yeah, I'd, I'd love to donate as well. But I'm sure I'll see info on the Facebook page. Yeah, it's all there. Just have a look. That'd be great. Oh, That'd be very kind of you. Amazing. Thank you. Best of luck. No worries. <laughs> Right. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Have a nice evening. Yeah. And you cheers. Well, then mate, what another cracking interview. The, uh, the ladies are definitely flying the flag on the podcast over the last few weeks. Uh, how did you find that? Yeah, it's amazing. Wasn't it? It certainly didn't disappoint. What a lovely, lovely person. Yeah. Really nice. 
What did you take from that? Uh, well, Kona is something that um, has been on the bucket list. And for someone like myself, who's not the quickest age group in the world, uh, I'd have to think I'd have to go through the legacy program to actually ever get there. So just hearing the experience of being on the big island and everything that went with it, it just makes you want to go even more, to be honest. Yeah, I know. It did sound amazing, didn't it, to be fair? And I think, you know, I kind of hope that she does manage to fulfil her goal of obviously qualifying again and being able to race with her brother, Dylan, because as she mentioned there, she's going to be going up in age category now, so she'll be in the same category as her brother, Dylan, because I think it was quite apparent speaking to her that he's obviously played and is a big part of her life and her training. So yeah, obviously fingers and toes crossed that um, they can obviously make it together because obviously sadly, like she said, he, he couldn't make it out when she raced in Kona. So um, yeah, I hope, I hope she manages to achieve that for sure. Yeah. It always makes me laugh with Iron Man. They're, they're such a big brand, but then when you hear about everything that goes with it, it's like, um, when she actually did qualify and, and they were going through the, the prize giving ceremony and they offered her a place, it's like get your credit card out and pay for it there and then and all this sort of stuff. It's, it's mental, isn't it? Yeah, I know, right? They probably get you to strike while the iron's hot while you're in that moment, don't they? It's probably yeah, a, while you're buzzing. Probably, yeah, while you're, you're happy to part with a 700 quid on the credit card. They love you. Yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? They get, they get you in that all time high, don't they? You're just like that massive endorphin release of like crossing the line, then finding out that you've actually qualified. It's kind of like, right, they, they get you whilst you're in that like emotional state of like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And yeah. Yeah, obviously works, doesn't it? Because yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, one of the things I took away from it as well is when she, she said about her like feet swelling and all that sort of stuff, and she still, because she knew she she'd got there on merit and stuff, she just cracked on. It wasn't a, the best her a race in any way, shape, or form, and she didn't have the best day, but she just soaked up the atmosphere and carried on and and, and got through it. Yeah, and I think it's, it's the same in life, though, isn't it? I think you learn from, like, the different experiences. She'll know for next time, and obviously she'll be in a much better position um, going into the race, um, obviously, hopefully, if she qualifies again. And I think she'll be able to obviously pass on invaluable information to, you know, the likes of her brother and stuff. Fingers crossed if he can make it as well, so that they can obviously perform better on the day but I think you know it's such a big occasion it's such a big achievement even you know qualifying that yeah absolutely you just got to embrace and just make the most of the moment haven't you is um you're doing your first Ironman distance this year racing me at Outlaw and uh still got a little bit, a little bit of wager on that one um Kona was that would that be in your uh on your bucket list or is that not your bag um do you know what? To be honest with you, I've um, I couldn't even tell you what the qualifying times are for my age group. Um, it's it's not something I've ever I've ever looked at. To be honest, I think obviously this will be my first race, like you've mentioned, at that distance. So I think it would be a case of I'm going to see how that goes, um, and then obviously compare it afterwards to what like a qualifying time would be and look like, um, and then I think it's a case of having an honest conversation with myself at the time. Um, as to whether or not I feel that I can, you know, do what's required to make the relevant time, which, you know, depending on how I go and depending on how I finish, like, you know, I'm only going to know that once I've completed the race, really. I think, I think it'd be a bit daft to have an eye on that 
whilst it is my first time doing the distance. I, I want to just go there, you know, no real pressure such, just perform like I know I can and yeah, just see, just see where I'm at really. And then, like I said, if I finish a race and actually I'll start looking at times and I'm not a million miles off, then, you know, I think it might be something that I look at in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for myself, as I say, I'm not the quickest age grouper that the um, Ironman do a legacy program where I think you've got to do 10, 10 Ironmans uh, and then you put into like a, a, a draw uh, and literally your just name gets drawn at hat every year and then people go and are able to race at Kona even though they haven't qualified through the age group like category sort of thing but if you work it out in 10 races at Ironman prices uh you're looking at a good five grand just to try and uh, get yourself on the start line so it's uh, it's a lot of wedge it's a lot of wedge right then mate uh that was a cracking interview it's been quite a long podcast to, uh, today so uh anything you want to finish up with no just obviously massive thank you again for Taryn. um to Taryn, sorry, for coming on. Um, wish you all the best uh, for this year. And obviously our fingers and toes are crossed that you get to live that dream with your brother on the big island at some stage. Um, and obviously thanks again for everybody who has tuned in and listened to the pod. Yeah, thanks once again. I'll make sure um, Taryn's not a big person on social media, but I'll um, try and put a few little bits on there of things and some photographs that have, uh, she sent through of her uh, on the big island so you can actually see uh, see what went on and things um next podcast um we're going to try and get it out in the next week or so um as you listen to this the big long run home would have taken place so we'll uh, let you know how i get on on that uh and we've got some uh, information about charlotte when they're a race for the uh, olympic trials and stuff as well so we'll cover all that in the next podcast right then mate you have a lovely week peace Thank out you. Have a good one. See you later. Cheers, guys. Bye.